Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Who came ready to receive from the Lord? I just want to tell you that I'm Pastor Jonathan Shuttlesworth. We launched this church, Revival Today Church, Fort Worth, uh, two Sundays ago. So if, so if you're a guest, I would like to welcome you tonight. Obviously, many of you that are here just came to see Dr. Jesse Duplantis, and if I was Peter the Apostle, you're still not coming back. But if you're looking for a church, I would love to be your pastor for the rest of your life. And the message you're going to hear preached tonight is the message that changed my life and that needs to be in Texas, the message of faith and victory and glory to glory and not ups and downs. Revival Today Church, Fort Worth. Welcome everybody watching online. And now, without any further ado, one of the greatest men of God to gift our generation, and I'm so glad he's here with us in Fort Worth. Please give a warm Texas welcome to Dr. Jesse Duplantis. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Hallelujah. you. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big God bless you. Come on. Come on, you do better than that. What a blessing of the Lord. It's a high honor to be back in Texas. Glory to God. I like Texas. Y'all may be seated if you like. I'll tell you my Texas story. I just love Texas because you got land. And uh, the only one in my family that was born in Texas is my daughter, Jody. She was born at Arlington Memorial Hospital. Uh, this month would be, on October the 25th, would be 52 years ago. She told me today we had lunch. She said, Dad, can you believe you got a daughter going to be 52? I said, yeah, I was there when you was born. <laughs> I paid for you. I got you out the hospital. Praise God. It was just such a blessing of the Lord. But I have been preaching 47 years. I fell in love with Texas. I married Kathy on June the 6th, 1970. And three days later, we were in uh, actually in Arlington, I believe it was, huh? Arlington or Dallas, Richardson, one of, one of those suburbs in a little, little town. So to make a long story short, and I fell in love with it. And I have been asking God for 47 years, Jesus, send me to Texas. I like cowboy boots. I like cows. I, I like land. I like cowboys. I, I like Texas people. <laughs> you know what he said? He said, you a Cajun boy, you can't put an alligator on the prairie. You got to stay in the swamp. <laughs> well, maybe one day, I've been trying, telling Kath, I said, let's buy a place in Texas. She said, you don't, you, you don't, you don't hardly go to my house in New Orleans. What you going to do with a place in Texas? I just like Texas. Thank you for coming out tonight. It's such a blessing. And I want to thank Jonathan for being so courteous and kind to allow me to come. And I've never been in this, but this is a beautiful building. Give the Lord a hand clap for this building. What a blessing of the Lord. God is so good and gracious. Uh, oh, is that Roy? That's my man. Come, Roy, real quickly. Hallelujah. It's the first time I've ever been taller than Roy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got Roy out of prison. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, we, I brought some books and stuff and different things. I've heard it all. It's very good. Just real quickly before I get into this. You know, I, I'm a man that I love the Word of God. I, I, I was a rock musician. Many of you know my, my, my uh, you know, testimony, call it like that. But, uh, but when I got born again, I got a passion for Jesus. And me and Kathy, Kathy never read the Bible ever until she got saved. We were told don't read the Bible. 
being born a Catholic, raised Roman Catholic, you know, so we never talked to God because we talked to the priests. We never confessed to God. We confessed to the priests. Now, you Protestants have no idea what I'm talking about. Anybody been Catholic at least once? Not too many people in Texas. Well, you know, how, how many of y'all went to confession? Hold your hand up. Put your hand up. How many of you told the truth? <laughs> One. You had to lie like a dog in there, trying to get out with three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers, you know. Well, when the Lord birthed me into his kingdom, I got an insatiable thirst for the word of God. I've had many great encounters with God. I wrote a book. I'm the first preacher ever in the United States, a charismatic preacher, they call me, that crossed over into the secular market on my book, Close Encounters of the God Kind. It became number three in the nation. That's a lot of money. Let me just say that, lots of money. And, but I gave that money to the work of the Lord. To make a long story short, I just wrote this book called The Hidden Help. This is about angelic beings. I've had many encounters with angels, and I don't doubt you have too. The Bible said you've entertained angels unaware. You just didn't realize it, see what I'm saying? And I hope you can get this because I do a complete study on angels, but I also talk about my personal experience. And most people know of Michael the Archangel, you know, the war angel, and Gabriel the messenger, and, and, and of course Lucifer before he became Satan. But have you ever heard of Metatron? Metatron, the Jehovah angel, the angel that showed up at the burning bush before God Almighty showed up. And God told you, and he's the one who led Israel. And he said, do not offend or, uh, you know, uh, this angel because he will not forgive your trespasses. You don't mess with Metatron, big boy. And we talk a little bit about him in here. I hope you can get this. It's called The Hidden Help. The world isn't all there is, and you are unique in God's creation. There's more angels than there are human beings. And they are servants to help you. Isn't that a mess? Blessing of God. That's back there if you'd like to get that. And then, oh, you got the book here. Yeah. This is the heaven, Close Encounters of the God kind. We have it in DVD. We have it in CD in the book. But the book is the complete story. And let me help you. I'm going to shock you when I say this. I've had two producers and two directors in Hollywood want to do a movie on this. And they offered me millions of dollars. They said, you know, but they want total rights. I said, my wife don't get total rights. <laughs> She's got most of them, but not all of them, praise God. But I said, thank you. It's very kind of you. But if you want something, and I mean the biggest ministers in the world from Old Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, you name them, they read this. This shakes me to my shoes. Brother Copeland said this. You know, I know it's true. First, I know you, and you don't lie. But he said, this thing, I think, puts goosebumps on me. And how many people has this book? You, read the, you know what I'm talking about. This thing will shake you to your shoes. It's called Close Encounters of the God God, Heaven. Close Encounters of the God kind. That's back there. And then this here, and I want everybody to listen to me. I, I told Roy and him to quit bringing this, right? 300, 400,000 of these. And in 47 years of preaching this gospel, I have never had a financial deficit. Somebody shout. Uh, if it's okay, I feel like I'm on Sermon on the Mount. Can I come down there? So while I'm talking to you, let me come, because see, the closer I get to you, the younger I look. <laughs> well, I didn't get, I lost that crowd, didn't I? Praise God. So I want you to listen to this thing here. Come on, Roy. Praise God. You're going to follow me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, how y'all doing? What's your name? Chris. How you doing, Chris? That's your boy? Good looking boy. Hey, my man, how you doing? Want to give me five? Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. I like kids. 
Praise the Lord. The other day I was coming down the steps and a man tried to grab my hand. I said, I can still walk. <laughs> Jonathan said I was 73. Actually, I'm 74. Past 74. Hallelujah. God is good. Gracious. Anyway, this here. Oh, God. I've had people from Singapore, China, New York, Seattle, Miami, Europe have called us and wrote to us about this. They said, this is the only thing on money that ever worked for me. It's called, why is it my giving working? Because according to God's word, let me spend a little time on this. This is going to help some people. Why? I mean, according to God's word, if you are a tither, you should not have enough room to receive. How many of you are tithers? Anybody tithers in here? Okay. How many of you have room to receive? Same people. That shouldn't be. That should not be. See what I'm saying? And I'm going to tell you why. This is a two DVD set. One's the message. The other's question and answer. And I wrote a little booklet. And Hollywood actors that follow me, they, they love me. They carry this book in their pocket. Because, you know, that, they, they, they want to know something about money. And, and I'm richer than most of them, so it doesn't make any difference. I don't mean that arrogantly, but it's just a fact. But anyway, so watch this. There's four types of giving. I want you to listen to me. Do a little quick teaching on this. Because God told me, tell Roy and him to bring this back on the road. I said, God, I've I just do what I tell you. I said, okay. Four types of giving. There's the tithe. What is the motivation? Obedience. There's the first fruit. What is the motivation? Generosity. There's the alms. What is his motivation? Compassion. Then there's the seed. What is his motivation? Faith and reward. You see, but you should never mix them up. And that's the problem with a lot of people. They mix up things. See, Tithing, people say, tithing is not for the day. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Are you Moses' seed? Nope. Are you Moses' seed? When God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, was your name on a tablet? No. You're not Moses' seed because he was the lawgiver. They say, oh, tithing wasn't under the law. Whose seed are you? Was he what? A tither and gave the Melchizedek and Jesus is today on the order of Melchizedek. Why don't you just tell the truth? You don't want to tithe. Just tell the truth. I don't want to tithe. Okay, I can handle that. You see what I'm saying? Motivation is obedience, you see. And then the first fruit. Most people, they don't like preachers preaching on the first fruit because most of them preach it wrong and I preach it right. Because there's no such thing as second fruit, third fruit, or a basket of fruit. Now, they're trying to get basket of fruit, second fruit, third fruit, and you don't give your, uh, your, your first fruit offering on your income. They're trying to get you to do that. You give it on your increase, and you only do it once a year. That's it. In other words, when the first year, you go into the new year, whatever it is, and your increase, let's say you, uh, they gave you a raise and uh, they gave you $5. You would give that $5, not your income, that $5, uh, you could get what is the only part of the giving that God allows you to pick the place you give it. You can give it to the church or you can give it to Jonathan. Go read it. It's in the book. That's the only one he allows you to tell you what to do with it. Now watch that. that only that five dollars. Now if the next day you made a billion dollars, that's your money. Go do what you want with it. Because it's called first fruit, not second fruit, third fruit, or basket of fruit. Now 95% of all giving is alms. The Bible said, he that pitieth the poor lendeth to the Lord, I shall repay Right? So if you give a poor person $100, guess what you get back? $100. You're still at zero. Wait, something wrong with that. 
You should be blessed. And then there's the seed. Oh, oh, oh. Now that's what the big bucks is. That's the 30, the 60, the 100 It's called faith and reward. But here's the problem. Have you ever heard anybody say this? Uh, pastor, I'm going to take a portion of my tithe and I'm going to give it to that missionary over there. Ah, ah, you done jacked up. Not because the missionary is bad. That's a good person. That's not the issue. But you change your tithe into alms. And then what happens here? You give it, you get it back, but that's it. And you're not growing. And that's the problem with people because they're mixing these things up. Me and Kathy, we don't mix any of that up. And that's why we're blessed. This will bless you. Any, 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 yeah, you want that? <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> all right. Thank you. And then this, yeah, this is me here. I love this book. I never learned to doubt. I know nothing of doubt. This became a number best, a number one bestseller on Amazon in three days. I mean, bam, it just hit. And uh, uh, doubt is mental anemia. It's actually a form of atheism. Now, I'm going to shock you when I say this, but I was talking to a Baptist preacher not long ago. He said, I don't believe in healing. I said, then you doubt God. You don't believe God exists. Oh, yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. Because the Bible said in St. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. So if you don't believe in healing because that's in the word, then you doubt that he exists. It's a form of atheism. Ooh, this thing here will bless you. I love this book. I love chapter 13. Some people have excellent sight, but poor perception. Okay, who wants that book? <laughs> Come with the little, oh, wait a minute, she beat you to it. Uh, I'm sorry. Praise God. Uh, 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 where are you going? You, you ain't going to take it out of her hand. Huh? Give, give that one over there to that lady over there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You don't mess with Roy. If he tell you to give it, you give it. You understand? <laughs> you know, you'll be blessed. Go back and avail yourself to the book and resource table. Now, that's all my money. Lock, stock, and barrel. That's called intellectual property. I've sold about half a billion dollars worth. Would it be? And I've given that to, the, to, to God's word. Not, not in one year. That's total ministry and everything, you know. And God's been so good. So when you give to our ministry, 100% goes in the world evangelism. And we're going to receive an offering at the close of it. And I want you to be praying about that. And, and I'm going to say something most preachers would never say. If you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm not broke. Well, you should have shouted there. I don't go to the banks. The banks come to me. Oh, but don't that sound arrogant? Don't that sound flat, arrogant and cocky? It's not. It's confidence and assurance. How many of you have been following me for years? All right, let me ask you. Have you ever saw me sad, sick, depressed, discouraged, despondent, broke? <laughs> Well, why can't I be like that? Why can't I? Because God gave me a choice. I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. What would God choose? Life. That you and your seed may live, not survive, but live. So I just want to, that's not my sermon. That's a little hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> if you got your Bibles, I hope, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 8. God told me this. I went, I had to go back in my files to get this sermon. 
It had been a long time. And the Lord said, I want you to preach it at Jonathan's place. I said, okay. He called it your place. I like that. See. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to give you the uh, title of this. This paper's kind of yellow because this is an old sermon. I hadn't seen this in quite a while. You know, we yield to the anointing of healing. We yield to the anointing of salvation. When will we yield to the anointing of wealth? Are you going to wait another millennium? Are you going to wait another century? What are you waiting on? What are you going to do when you get to heaven and you can't find a trailer? <laughs> Nothing wrong with trailers. Some people call them mobile homes or what they call it, manufactured homes, what do they call it? Nothing wrong with them. But in my father's house are many what? Yeah. Now, if that was bad, why did God say you have one? Answer that question. If prosperity, if, oh, let me just say this. If money is so bad, how come you have a hard time giving it away? Because, you know, if you eat something bad, you spit it out real quick, right? So money must not be bad because you work for it, you retire on it, you send your kids to school on it, you buy groceries. Evidently, you really like it. But you should never fall in love with it. That's the bad part. Because God will have no other gods before him. Do you see that? You know, I, the gospel's free. But it's not free to get it out. The gospel's totally free. My God, man, thank God for that. But it costs money to get it out. Somebody paying for these utilities here. And I have no problem with the utility company. That's what they do in, in business for that. That's fine with me. But look what he says in Deuteronomy, a very familiar scripture. And Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy more than any other Old Testament book. Deuteronomy chapter, well, let me read verse, chapter 8, verse 12. He's talking to Israel here. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses. Houses, not house, houses. And you dwell therein. God don't mind you having more than one house. Church world does. Secular world does. I don't think you ought to have that house. I don't think they asked you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, when you built beautiful, beautiful, nice. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all, everybody say all, all that thou hast is multiplied. Look at that, verse 13. What He was talking to Israel. Are you the seed of Abraham? He's talking to you as well as them. Now go down to verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Now if wealth is so bad, why would he give you power to get it? That he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. You see, you got to understand something. God gives you power to get that. Now, people ask me, why are you so blessed all the time? Don't seem like you ever struggle in bad times, good times. COVID was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I didn't get sick. I, ain't ha I don't have time to get sick. I don't have time to get discouraged. That's why you ain't seen me like that. I'm not bragging. I don't have time for that. I'm about the Father's business. You notice he didn't say I'm about the Father's ministry. He's 12 years old. He said, I'm about my Father's business. 
He was, he was not impressing them rabbis with the, what he knew about the law, even though they were impressed by that. He was telling them how to run that temple. He was business. If you don't run God's ministry like a business, you're awaiting, you're awaiting bankruptcy. I don't care how known as you are. Then he comes back at 30 years old and kicks everybody out. He said, you made my father's house a den of thieves. You ought to read the Bible. It's a good book. I mean, think about that for a minute. He said, I give you power to get wealth. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to do a little teaching. Teaching is telling and preaching is yelling. Now, I can get like, like Jonathan. I want to let you know. I want you to understand me right now. You know, I, hey, I, I can do that. But I'm 74. I ain't going crazy myself. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Boy, if Jesus tells you, Jonathan going to be 74. And he goes, open your Bibles. <laughs> no, no. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Write this down if you're taking notes. The world will not be won and the kingdom will not be advanced if we fail to yield to this most important anointing. What? what? The anointing of wealth. Well, Jesus was poor. When? Tell me when was he poor? He had 12 full-time people on his staff. Some were married. He took care of them. He had 70 part-time that he sent out. So that's 82 people that work for the Jesus and Nazareth Evangelistic Association. He said, when I sent you out, did you like anything? And they gambled for his clothes. They gambled for his robe. You don't gamble for rags. You gamble to get something better than what you got. Let me say it again. The work will not be won. The world will not be won. And the kingdom will not be advanced if we fail to yield to this most important anointing. But you see, you got the church world saying, no, no, that, 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 that's greed. No, that's growth. You know, by being debt free since 1982, I guess totally my ministry, I probably saved a hundred million dollars in interest. That's some bank or some financial institution that I would have borrowed money. I, I've been debt free since 1982. That's a wonderful thing. Oh, that can't be. Yes, it can. See, God gave me a revelation. Believe the unbelievable, Jesse. Receive the impossible because it's doable. That's spiritually, physically, and financially. You can have all three or whichever one you want. See, you got to understand, why do you work so much? It's part of the anointing of wealth. Let me say this again. The world will not be won and the kingdom will not be advanced if we fail to yield to this most important anointing. Now, why did I say that about work? Work is the primary ingredient in yielding to wealth. Work and obedience is what he demands. He doesn't ask. God don't suggest stuff. He demands stuff. When I'm praying for healing, I don't ask. I demand and command that by Jesus' stripe, that person's healed. I'm not denying what I see. I deny it's right to exist. Because Jesus took your infirmity, why would you want it? If he bore your sickness, why should you have it? Why would he teach you with something that he took away from you? Why would he do that? He, he don't do that. This Jesus. Work is the primary ingredient in yielding to wealth. Work and obedience is what he demands. That's Proverbs 13, verse 11. It says this, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. My God, Proverbs 10, 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. I am a generation that works. I am a worker. I have been working full time since I'm 11 years old. 
I'm not, you can't do that today because of child labor laws. My daddy got me a job at 11 years old. Only time he ever picked me up at school. I thought something happened to mama. She died or something. I saw my daddy out there. I was 11 years old. And he said, boy, I got you a job. I said, you got me a job? He said, yes. His school got out at 235. He said, the school bus tomorrow is going to drop you off at the IGA food line as a grocery store. And you're going to go to work at 3 o'clock to 1130 at night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On Saturday, you're going to work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's a 52-hour work week. And then he looked at me. He said, I ain't buying you no more clothes, shoes, socks, nothing. And you're going to pay $10 a week to live in this house. I said, okay. I'm going to make a man out of you. I'm 11 years old. But I was a hard worker. And the owner of that store loved me. He had two worthless boys <laughs> that were lazy. He said, why don't y'all do what Jesse does? He made me the manager of the produce department when I was 11 and a half. That's a fact. I made $30 a week. I cleared $22.29 a week. I had to give my daddy Riley $10 a week. So I had $12.29. But you got to understand a loaf of bread was 20 cents. A cup of coffee was a nickel. A scoop of ice cream was a nickel. I know what y'all thinking. How old is he? <laughs> I remember when Coke went up from a nickel to six cents, and I told my mama, we got to quit drinking Coke because I don't have a penny. I'm telling you. At 11 and a half, a man was 32, uh, one was 28, and the other was like 23, 24. And Mr. Stump said, if you don't do what that kid tells you, I'll fire all three of you. And he took me to lunch, and they had like a little, little soda fountain thing. And he said, now, Jesse, I like you. I said, thank you, Mr. Stump. <laughs> he said, how can I sell more vegetables? I said, get me a water hose. I said, I'm a visionary. Yeah, Brother Copeland and a lot of say, Jesse's a visionary specialist. I said, give me a water hose, Mr. Stump. What are you going to do with that? I said, I'm going to wash those vegetables down. I said, I'm going to keep them wet and I'm going to shine those cucumbers. Notice that when you go into the produce, all that's wet. That never happened before. I created that. That's a fact. Mr. Stump called all these friends. They went all over America. Put the water on the vegetable because it makes it look fresh. He said, I'm giving you a raise. I said, you are. He said, I'm going to pay you $50 a week. Whoo! 50 bucks a week. He said, going to tell your mom and daddy? I went, no, he'll raise the rent. No, no, don't tell him. I never told him. That's a true story. But you see, I was beginning to yield to the anointing of wealth. Even as a sinner. Mm. You see, I didn't have a slack hand. And he didn't make a man out of me. And I'll never forget. You know, I, we, at my age, we wasn't allowed. I never told Kathy I loved her until five years after I married her. Because that was weakness. You don't say that. I hugged my mother once in my life. Five and a half. I remember like it was yesterday. And my grandfather went. And I backed away. How many times mama wanted to hug me at 15, 18? That's a whole mom. That's right. It was wrong. But in that day, a man or a boy couldn't show any emotion. Never cried. Nothing. He suppressed. See? Does anybody my age know what I'm talking about? Or close in my generation? That's just the way it was, son. You just didn't do that. And, and, I, and I had tears come in my eyes when I got born again. And I hollered at God, no! But I couldn't stop the flow. See what I'm saying? 
So when you understand, I begin to, and I made a lot of money as a young man. Whoo, I've been rich. I've been poor. Rich is better. Now, it don't make you happy, but it does make you comfortable while you're miserable. You, you don't have to worry about the utility bill, but my God, you're miserable. You see, I was miserable. I remember telling Kathy in Texas, I got money, man. Raleigh, I'm doing good. I said, Kathy, how come I'm not happy? 22 years old. You got to understand, I, was, I, I worked on the same circuit as Alice Cooper, Led Zeppelin, ZZ Top. Girls screaming. And young people, that's your grandma that was screaming. You've heard me say this before. Do you see what I'm saying? God, God, my daddy made a man out of me. But at 84 years old, I never hugged my father. I shook his hand. Bishop Jake said, Jesse, you need to say this at my men's thing. I said, thank you, TD, but I just don't have the time. I, I'm running all the time, you know what I'm saying? But thank you for asking. My God, I just, he said, man, because so many men are like, I said, yeah, I understand that. But anyway, to make a long story short, my daddy, my brother, Wayne, I'm the only two planets left. All of them have passed away. All my, all my, my sisters, my brothers, my last brother passed away in March of this year. He was 67, and I was seven years older than him. Make a long story short, you know, so I mean, I never thought I'd be the last one. But I am, you know, I, I don't have time to die. I'm going to say this. If you ever heard that I died, it's because I wanted to. Because I accepted that. I don't care if something hit me. If I accept it, that's my business, not yours. You see what I'm saying? I've been to heaven. It's a nice place. It sure will beach. Watuga, I never heard of that before in my life. He said, you're going to Wataga. I said, Wataga? I've been all over Fort Worth. I had first time I've ever seen Wataga. Man, that's like speaking in tongues. Wataga. Wataga. <laughs> so my brother called me and said, hey, hey Jess. And daddy, daddy wants to eat lunch with you. I live in New Orleans. They live down the bayous of South Louisiana. I said, okay. I thought, well, maybe dad would like to go to a country club. He never been to a country club in his life. I was raised very poor. I wasn't ashamed of that. Mom and dad did the best they could. That's all I could say. What I got for Christmas was an orange, an apple, a piece of candy, and I was glad to get it. I'm telling you, I didn't have cake. We had sweet cornbread. That's just the way it was, son. But to make a long story, here comes my dad and I. So I, Stand up, Riley. I want to use you as an example. You stick your hand. I, I mean, I stuck my hand out to do this, and he goes. And I didn't know what to do. Now, Jody was with my daughter. I went like that. And Jody said, hug your daddy, daddy. I went, you okay, daddy? You all right? What's this? Something wrong? I was freaking out. That never happened before. Thank you, Riley. That never happened before. And he had tears in eye. He said, I worked you and your brother like a dog. Now, he didn't do that to my younger brother or my sister. We had to bail him out all the time. Huh? But not me and Wayne, son. He ain't never gave us a dollar. And, and me and Wayne said it in unison. Said, that's all right, Dad. Where's the money? What did you do with the money? The average rent was $45 a month. He was making 80 bucks a month on me and Wayne. And on a five-week month, 100 bucks. He's doing pretty good. He said, I spent it. Just. I said, that's okay. That's fine. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> That's the only time I hugged my father. That's sad, isn't it? Wasn't allowed to. Now, you, my sister could cry. 
Lord Jesus. <laughs> but not us. Kathy wanted me to tell her I love her. She said, Jesse, I love you. And I go, me too. I said, one time she told me, she said, do you ever tell God you love him? I said, he knows. <laughs> and you know, I'm doing better, huh, Kathy? I'm doing better. I mean, I, Kathy's fought that. All. We've been married 53 years. She fought that all her life. She knows I did, but just wouldn't say it. But the other day, I have a beautiful theater in my home. Lord Jesus. And man, I'm watching a movie and it touched my heart. It's dark in there, you know? And I went, <clears throat> and I could hear Kathy. She said, are you crying? I said, shut up, woman. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. She's teaching me. She's helping me. Praise the Lord. When will we yield to this anointing? See, write this down. God not only gives you power to get wealth, but also shows you how to keep it. See, a lot of people may know how to get wealth, but they don't know how to keep it. You see, that's the problem with a lot of people. The, the Bible said, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he added no sorrow. I was wealthy, but I had sorrow. See, that was the problem with Robin Williams. He could make the world laugh, but he couldn't make himself laugh. He was rich, but he had sorrow with it. But now the Lord has blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. Now I have wealth and no sorrow. He doesn't ask. And it's a wonderful thing to be a blessing like that. Let me say that again. Not only God gives you power to get wealth, but it also shows you how to keep it. That's Proverbs 8 verse 18. It says, and I love it. Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. I will never run out of money. And neither should you. How do I know that? Ephesians chapter five, verse one. Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. Did Jesus ever have a financial deficit? Did he? Why do you have that? Because the church world said you should. You know how many people told me that I would just be beat to pieces? And man, there was time they stole my offerings. And you've had that happen to you, Jonathan, over the years. I ran out of gas. But before I got home, God's supply, angels gave me money. I had one man come and say, what's, how are you doing, young man? I'm 28 years old. How you doing, young man? You out of gas? Yeah. He said, here's $700. And he pushed me to a gas station. I never, I mean, when I got home, man, sometimes they would put me on a forced fast. Remember that? I said, boy, you lost some weight, huh? Well, I didn't tell her that they didn't feed me. Didn't have nothing because we gave all our money away. Boy, they didn't want me, but they wanted that money. Oh, Lord. Because they thought he still got that, you know, that, that, that rockness in him, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Well, that's part of my life, that I guess, for the rest of my, you know, an entertainer kind of things of that nature. But so what? You see, I'm pretty sure Moses was walking around, but he looked like a prince. Because he was a prince. You see what I'm saying? So God not only gives you power to get wealth, but also shows you how to keep it. Now, this is the most important point of this message. You can't have what you speak against. You cannot have what you speak against. If you speak against prosperity, you're going to be broke as a junkyard dog. If you speak against healing, you're going to be sick. If you speak against salvation, you're going to bust hell wide open. You can't have what you speak against. You can't. See, the reason why I married Kathy, I didn't speak against her. If I'd have spoken against her, she wouldn't have married me. Or vice versa, that's not the issue. But Kathy asked me to marry me and asked me, to, oh, Jesse, please marry me. <laughs> okay, 
I'm not lying. <laughs> we've been fighting that same argument for 53. You did ask me to make, you did. And we've been arguing over that for years. Y'all pray for my wife. She needs help. <laughs> you can't have what you speak against. Obedience is the key to receiving anything of substance, spiritually, physically, or financially. See, it's just simple obedience to what God's self. See, wealth and riches are not a matter of chance. Oh, the hand of providence is present. John D. Rockefeller Sr. Talk about rich. You thought Elon Musk was rich? This guy owned 90% of all refined products in the oil industry. They're still trying to spend his money. They hadn't got the Rockefeller Juniors yet. And what he was, he was a tither. His mother taught him to give. Yeah. Now, people say he was a hard businessman. You have to be hard because there's always somebody trying to rip you off. You ever had somebody come up to you like this, Jonathan? You know, Brother Shuttlesworth. Can I, oh, that's a beautiful watch. Deborah. You know, I'm believing God for, for a watch just like this. Let the Lord lead you, brother. And I said, he's going to lead you to the jewelry store. You ain't getting this one. They do it all the time. You see, and he would say, nobody can, he didn't know how rich he was. Now that's rich. He said the hand of providence had just come. And every time he did that, he tithed all his life. Look what God did for that man. See, wealth and riches and, and estates are not a matter of chance. Ooh, no, no. You see, when you understand that the, Thou shalt remember the Lord the God. So every time somebody gives me a, a, a compliment, I say, with well, the Lord's gracious. Now, how many of you have been partners to my ministry? Okay. Remember me talking about that Falcon 7X? Remember me talking? And ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, they wanted to kill me about four years ago. I was the number one store in the world. And Rich Frazier, you got four jets. That's not true. I've owned four jets, but not at one time. I should have believed them. I should have had more, just as much faith as they did. I'd have had a fleet, you know, but I didn't. But what they didn't tell you, I gave away two of them. You know how much money it costs to give a jet away? You're talking a lot of money here. And I mean, I gave away two of them. One right now is building churches all over the world. That's Mac Hammonds. That Falcon 50 belonged to me. I gave it to them lock, stock, and barrel. They knew all that. But they wouldn't say nothing, you know, they're just, you know, they're just looking for ratings and stuff like that. They wanted to kill me over that thing. I was believing God for a seven. You might have seen me on Good Morning America. They were eating my lunch. I love what the Lord, I was about ready to cut it off. The Lord said, keep it on. And my daughter sitting there, Daddy, you're the strongest man I've ever seen in my life. That don't seem to bother you. I said, Jody, the Lord told me I'm going to kill it with joy. It don't make no difference what they say. I don't care what they say. I mean, I may not like it, but I don't care about it. See, so watch that. I mean, this lady's telling the story and she stops. You, if you remember, it was a Good Morning America and the three panelists, the, the ones that she stopped. She said, you know, I think he's going to get that jet. And the three said, yeah, he's going to get that jet. He's going to get that jet. Ladies and gentlemen, we got the jet. Amen. Come on, somebody shout. Amen. We got it. Now people are mad about that. Yes. You think I can? That is a tool sent by God. To preach this gospel. Look, Jesse get a day off. Jesse go home. Ask Jonathan. He want to go home. He want to see his wife and his child. You know, you want to be at your, you want to be at your family. You understand? People say you've been all over the world, but what's the most what's what's the best best place you like? Home. 
And we got, if you, how many of you get my magazine? Okay, look on the back of it, on the back cover, the October. It says, Mission Accomplished. Anywhere in the world, one stop. Paid cash for it. I'll never forget. Two companies tried to buy the plane and it couldn't be financed. So they looked at me. Me and Kathy just sitting there just as nice as could be, wasn't dressed up or nothing. Well, how are you, how are you going to finance this, Reverend? I said, we're not. We're going to pay you cash. He goes, cash? I said, well, not in a suitcase. <laughs> That's the mafia doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll wire you the money and pay cash. Pay $21 million cash for it. Give the Lord a hand clap. I'll tell you everything. And most of you gave to that. I didn't, I didn't spend that money. I do what I say. And I'm not out of money by no means. Because Jesus is not out of money. You see, when you understand, I yielded to that anointing of wealth so I could preach this holy gospel. And I don't charge churches when I come. And nothing wrong with paying somebody's expenses. Don't miss anything. I believe in that. Yeah, I believe it. But not me. I receive an offering not to meet my expenses because I don't know how much they are. He didn't ask me to pay for it. He asked me to believe for it. You see what I'm talking about here? This anointing of wealth. I've had many opportunities to fail. I just don't take any. Why would I want to do that? Hmm. Write this down. You'll understand it. The agenda of your life is outlined by God and not by yourself. This is not me doing these things. This is Christ in me, the hope of glory. You see, as a minister of the gospel, I don't go raise an offering. I raise a vision. I talk about vision. Budgets cost you something. Vision bring you something. I love talking about vision. I'm 10 years ahead. Right, I'm 10 years ahead. Right now, in spiritual, physical, or financial, I am 10 years ahead. I know what I'm going to do 10 years from now. But when I was a kid, I was ahead. So we just got this jet. It's going to, it's going to, be, uh, to be painted. I wanted my colors and all that kind of stuff. I want Kathy to put her taste in there and all that kind of stuff. Watch this. <laughs> so I sat down in my aviation. They all, everybody's screaming, including Kathy. God, Jesus, Jesus. You just signed the purchase and agreement. Like, got all the, you know, the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And they said, what do you want to talk about? I said, 737 BBJ. That's an airliner. Kathy goes, my God, Jesse, we hadn't even got the, 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 the 7X hadn't hit the ground yet. I don't care. 737 BBJ. Because maybe one day you might want to come with me. Yeah. And it won't cost you a dime. Yeah. Just get on the plane. Amen. Glory be to God. Come on, girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you see that? But if it'd be up to me, I'd just go home. E.T. phone home. I just want to go home. <laughs> See what I'm saying? And I've been preaching. And next week, I'm going to start again, man. Good Lord, I'm just preaching all the time. Yeah, and you know, I, and I, I, did, how many of y'all saw me on the victory thon? Yeah. We're almost, we're going toward 12 million right now. Amen. Now, I want to tell you something. That's not my money. That's 100% I go to KCM. I, I ain't doing any of that. And that's not raising money. That's not a telethon. That's a victory thon. It's a vast difference, you see. Because if you don't want to give, you don't have to. You know, that, that's God's word. See, it's working like that. So the agenda of your life is outlined by God and not by myself. So a lot of times people say, what are you preaching tonight? I said, I don't know. I came to this meeting myself to find out what God's going to do. 
Now, I know that sounds crazy, but that's just the truth. I walk by faith and not by sight. See, when you understand that, you'll understand this statement. When you become a giving addict, God will support your habit. <laughs> Write that down. I'm a giving addict, man. And God supports my habit. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Most people, you see all here, these funny things. This, that's my line. They've been stealing from me for 47 years. <laughs> that's okay. I don't care. I'm a giving addict. And God supports my habit. And I, I don't care if you're rich. If God told me to go buy Elon Musk a car, I'd get him a Tesla. Because <laughs> he'd make money on that. I don't care if he's rich. That ain't got anything to do with that. It has to do with obedience to what God said. Well, he don't need it. Well, that don't make no difference. And I flew here in my Falcon 9, and I have a beautiful plane. This one I got flew, <laughs> it's nice. Anywhere in the world, two stops. This one I just purchased anywhere in the world, one stop. Now, watch this. I'm not going to say I won't sell it. I may, and I may. I don't have to. And not somebody mad at me two days ago. I can't believe you got two jets. Give me a chance to get the other one in yet. And I looked at him, I said, you got two cars? He said, what? I said, you have two cars? I said, did your wife have a car? Well, yeah. I said, why you got two cars? I said, you got two bathrooms in your house? You got two bathrooms in your house? Remember when you had one bathroom, you had to stand in line and hope that God somebody get out of there quick so you can get in there? Huh? I ain't mad because you got two, house, two, two cars or two bathrooms. What are you mad at me for? I remember the Lord thy God. And God, when he placed that seven, and I told you, I have to do what I say. I said, Lord, thank you. He said, get ready. I said, I don't know if I can go any faster, Jonathan, but I got a plane that can go faster, so I know I'm going to go faster. People always ask me, when are you going to retire? Do I look tired? I mean, I could have retired 20, 30 years ago, me and Kathy, and go to Hawaii and suffer for Jesus the rest of our lives. We ain't got time for that. Always projects. I got a $20 million donor coming. God told me that. Why? Because I got a $20 million project. Well, why don't I give it to you a million? He can give it any way he wants. $5, $10, or 20 It don't make no difference to me. I'm going to do the project. Because he didn't ask me to pay for it. He asked me to believe for it. Do you see what I'm saying here? See, when you become a giving addict, God will support your habit. I love Luke 638. Because see, I'm a businessman. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. I said, how much? Well, don't you want to know how much? Doesn't it say that? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Well, so I said, how much? See, because your good measure may not be the same as my good measure. I don't know what you're believing for. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give you the business? That doesn't mean this. Though. You walk up to people and say, won't you help me? Won't you help me? Lord, did God send you to help me today? That's a religious con artist. Oh, Roberts used to tell me, Jesse, teach me faith. Teach your faith. Are you serious? My God. I said, look, you got old Robert University. He said, it's in debt. If a roach comes out the baseboard, we put a mortgage on it, Jesse. We in debt at the eyeballs. But you and Kelly Combe, y'all dead. How do you do that? Oh, that, that's very simple. He didn't ask me to pay for it. See, the church was teaching you to pay instead of believe. Now, if you believe, you'll more than pay for things. 
You see, he made me a giving addict. And he supports my habit. And it don't make no difference. I don't care if I know you or I don't know you. It doesn't make any difference. It's just what the Lord says. See, and when you understand that, give and it shall be given unto you. I said, how much? Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Why, why are preachers not preaching that? It's in red. Well, you know how much money God would have to give me? Yeah. Yeah. Next. You think on your best day you're going to impress God with your wealth? You worried about how much God, can, well, he's going to get it to give to you? He said he gives according to his riches and glory, not his riches in Watuga or Wataga. How do y'all say that name? Wataga? Okay. That's what my brother said, Wataga. And I thought, I thought he was wrong because he's from Ghana. I said, he ain't saying that word right. That's Watuga. And he said, I said the same thing, but it's not, but it's Wataga. I said, okay, I got it. I got it. Hallelujah, man. I love what he asked me. He's a young friend. You're 28? I used to be 28. <laughs> See what you're going to look like? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he said, is, 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 can you, you, I've had several young preachers like himself. And, and they asked me, he said, do you have a word for young preachers? And I said, yes. Don't sin. <laughs> Don't Amen. do that. Amen. In my 47 years of ministry, I've never had a scandal. Now, I ain't the ugliest man in the world. I get hit on every once in a while. Can you believe it? I can't believe that. I'm 74 years old. Now, that woman don't want me. She want Kathy's money. She's going to have to go to Kathy to get that money because it don't belong to me. That's us. And that's okay. You see, but let me make this announcement. Don't let that white hair fool you. That's all I'm going to say about that. See, I'm starting to act like Jonathan Shuttlesworth here. Praise God. <laughs> See, given it shall be given unto you. Okay, a good measure. Okay, press down, shaking together, running over. Show men given your bosom. Watch that. For with the same measure you meet with all. So whatever you do, it shall be measured back to you. So you determine what comes back to you. But what you sow. What's wrong? It's in red. Well, how do you believe it? 104. Mark 4, Mark 10. It's in red. This is Jesus talking. We're not going to believe what Jesus said? Okay. Yeah, Lord, I'll say that. When will you yield to the anointing of wealth? Watch it. The teaching apostles. Apostle John. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Peter. Oh, my God, man. These guys are something, boy. The Apostle Jude. These great apostles of God. All had financial deficits. Why? Jesus never had a financial deficit. So when I read that, I thought, well, if Jesus didn't have a financial deficit and you told me to be you, therefore imitators of him, then I'm not going to have a financial deficit. Oh, get ready for persecution. Who do you think you are? What Jesus said. Why are you arguing over that? Well, let me tell you why ministries have it. The apostle Paul, who I'm not worthy of the latchy shoelaces. In my personal opinion, the greatest intellectual mind ever drawn to the rim of Christianity. This guy was something, man. But he had a hard time receiving. He sweat them offerings, man. You can read it in his epistles. Huh? Worried that somebody might say something if he mishandled something, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And he wasn't going to do that, but he worried about that. So God tried to bless the apostle Paul. And you know what Paul said? I work with my hands. 
I work my own hands. You know, I work, you know, and that's good to be able to work. But he didn't know how to receive. But he changes that in the next, next epistle. He says in the next epistle, I did you a disservice because I did not receive from you. But now I have received from Ephrodite the things you have sent me. I'm full. I have all. That's a big word. And I abound. He changed it. I work my own hands. You know, I, I make tents. That's good. I believe in that. Now, Jesus knew how to receive. Jesus was a receiver, not a taker. The lady breaks her alabaster box. Naturally, the fragrance is going all over the place. Peter's mad. John's mad. All of them are mad, including Judas. Look what Jesus said to the to these disciples. I'm going to give it to you in the actual rendering. Shut up! <laughs> Leave her alone. This is for me. That was a personal gift of the Lord, which was the equivalent of a one-year salary of the average working man. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But at the beginning, he wasn't following Christ on finance. But, but he got the revelation real quick. So I, I'm not here. I don't, I'm, and I know people speak evil of me. If they knew me, they wouldn't. I mean, I mean, I don't know why they, they believe some of that junk, but, they, you know, but they do. And you can't stop that, you know, but that's not going to stop me for doing what God tells me to do because I remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth me power to get wealth to establish his covenant. He don't mind if I have a nice home or they always eat my lunch about my home. <laughs> I just smile. They all want to go look at it. Oh, he shouldn't have that jet, but they all want to ride in it. Let me give you a word. Yo mama, I ain't put no doubt and unbelief in my house, much less about the plane or the car. See, yielding to the anointing of wealth confirms your faith in God's increases. Well, let me say it again. Yielding to the anointing of wealth confirms your faith in God, increases your knowledge of yourself, and strengthens your confidence in him. See, when you learn to receive the anointing of wealth, you actually strengthen yourself. You're able to be the blessing you want to be, spiritually, physically, or financially. And there's nothing wrong with giving away spiritual things. Peter John, uh, Peter John said, he, uh, at, at, you know, at the gate, beautiful, he said, uh, silver and gold have a none, but what I got, I can give you. Now, why didn't he have any money? They had just been in the temple. They gave all the money they had. They gave an offering to the temple. Grabbed him by the hand. Rise up, walk. And the guy walked. You never hear about the guy anymore. Why? He had the ability to get a job. Now he's working for a living. You see what I'm saying? Let me tell you something about feeding the poor. If anybody believes in feeding the poor, now y'all gonna get mad about this, but here we go. Jesus only did it twice. And he quit. He loved blessing the people. But he said, you follow me for the fish and the loaves. You're a bunch of loafers. That's what you are. I will not allow you to take advantage of me or this ministry or my father. And he quit. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm not giving my opinion on it. That's what he said. Now, I believe in feeding the poor, but I'm not going to let people take advantage of me. Because that's God's money and not mine. And I'm going to honor it. 
You see what I'm saying? How many times people have come to my ministry? Can you give us some money? Yeah, but listen, I need you to do something for me. Can you do this? Oh, I didn't come here to do that, but I didn't come here to give you money. Oh, they can't, they can't handle that. Go ahead, do what you got to do. Till you find out what somebody's heart is. See, where your treasure is is where your heart is, you see. So when you understand some of these things, you, 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 it's, it, it, a rich memory should, um, and I have a rich memory, it should follow a rich life. It is the gift of God to have the anointing to obtain wealth. Do you want to know that for a fact? Let me say it again. A rich memory should follow a rich life. It is the gift of God to have the anointing to obtain wealth. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19. I'm just giving you a scripture. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm just reading you Bible, man. See, so when we're going to yield to that, then you won't struggle no more. You know how many preachers called me about the COVID? Boy, just what we're going to do. I said, I don't know about you, but I'm going to sit and rock. I did better with, when the COVID was going on when, and when they weren't even here. It was amazing. What are you going to do? The same thing I do when they weren't here. Have faith in God. Ah, but suppose, ah, ah, I don't have the suppose that don't work syndrome. But yeah, but that's your problem. You need to get your butt out the way. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now you do what you want to do. You ain't got to believe a thing I said tonight. But I'm not hurting. And I don't want you to hurt. I'm not bragging about that, brother. That's not arrogance or cockiness. That's confidence and assurance. You see what I'm saying? This is so simple that you need a good theologian to help you misunderstand it. <laughs> well, I tried that, didn't work. I didn't try to come to Wataga. <laughs> I came to Wataga. I was thinking about it. I said, Jonathan said he's opening up a church in Fort Worth. Where are we going, Wataga? Now, I've been all over this Fort Worth, Dallas, all these towns. I never heard of Wataga. And I will never forget it, neither. <laughs> Wataga. Hallelujah, Jesus. See, when? Let's go back to Deuteronomy 8.18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Why are you always talking about God? Because I remember him. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant. Whew. His covenant. I'm going to say this in close. Everybody's always worried about everything going wrong. Think, I heard Brother Copeland say this, and I've said it myself. Things are not falling apart. They're falling in place. Yeah. Now, this terrible thing that's happening in Israel is a terrible thing. It really is. It's bad. But you can't get the devil saved. I shocked you. How do you handle that? You take that out. You don't play games. Oh, yeah, but that's 2.3 million people in the God. So they're the ones that elected Hamas as the government leaders. You think that them people in there love the Jews? They're worse than Nazis. They believe in genocide. Genocide. Kill them. You see them mutilating bodies. 
blood is shouting. That's like the Nazi. Kill everything. So how do you take that out? A chickalaboomba. What's a chickalaboomba? Just one little missile. Boom, boom. It's over. It's over. Uh-huh. What about China? What about them? You want to dance? What about Russia? Putin, you want to dance with me? Let me tell you something about Putin. Let me get a little political here. Glory to God. I've been on Flashpoint. <laughs> Many times. Let me, let me get a little political here. Putin ain't going nowhere. Putin wants to put back the Soviet Socialist Republic, the union of the Soviet Socialist Republic. See, he wants people to remember what he's done. But if you kill him and kill all the people that will remember, there ain't nobody going to remember him. It's over with. They ain't going to do that because they want legacy. What do you do with a bully? Slap him. I was raised on the streets of New Orleans. I was raised on La Cosa Nostra. You know what that is? The mafia. Where's Fred? <laughs> Alligator got to eat. That's what the Mississippi River's for. I was taught that. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. But I tell you, <laughs> no, I'm not telling you. But if it be me, I said, you got 24 hours to release every hostage. Or there won't be a Palestinian living. You got 18 hours. You got 18 minutes. Now the world's going to scream. Let them scream. Because they don't like them neither. Now, I want them to all get saved. I don't believe, I don't believe just killing people. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm going to tell you something. You mess with God. Let me help everybody. No one in this generation has ever seen the wrath of God. You don't know the difference between the wrath of God and the persecution of the church. You've seen the persecution of the church. You ain't seen the wrath of God. There's only one generation saw the wrath of God. That was Noah's generation. When God was finished, and he closed the door. If we could find that door to that covenant, to that big boat, there'd be fingernails in it. People trying to get in there. Children dying. That's terrible, right? He said, but man has corrupted himself. Sin is such a degree. And they shouting with the blood of a little Jewish baby. You hear about the lady that saved her twins? The men, did you hear about that today? And they killed him and she hit her twin. They found him 14 hours later. The baby's a fire. Gave it to the grandmother. Doing everything again to save them. See, that's genocide. They demon possessed and terrible. Can they get saved? Yeah, but they ain't listening. But they'll run like scared rabbits if you get, busy, if you get ready to get busy. I ain't talking about just destroying buildings here. You ain't got to make no excuse for nothing. Well, they want their land. They did the land for deals and they still fought. Remember that a few years back? Because it's genocide. It's the Nazis. We hunted down the Nazis and we destroyed them. And what about them people in New York? <laughs> That's easy too. Because they run like scared rabbits. Well, we got freedom of speech. No, you don't. You took away Trump's. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Now, I'm not endorsing Trump. You took away it. Isn't it kind of odd that a special prosecutor is talking to Biden now? You heard about that? 
about this, all this stuff. You know why that's happening? They want you to get their mind off of what's going on with Israel here. Exactly. People say, you don't worry about what Biden says. No, he ain't going to remember what he says. Why should I remember what he says? <laughs> now, I say that all the time. Kathy goes, good Lord. And it's the truth. You know, <laughs> I ain't worried about I pray for him. I prayed for the Palestinians today, but I wouldn't play games. I don't want to do those things, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You got to make them an offer they don't refuse. Now, if you're not afraid to die, let's dance. But just you ain't afraid to die. Now, you know how many times I've been close to death? Not bragging, I'm trying to man up on that. Dying's easy. Pop! Switch goes off. Living is hard. That's all you got to do. Who cares about Iran? They make it intercontinental missiles. You don't need intercontinental missiles to hit Israel. That's to hit America. And you're still waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. You know where it's all at? Take it out. Somebody want to talk with the little fat boy from North Korea? <laughs> you want to dance? See, when you put that life on the line, you can say what you want. Martin Luther King didn't move a nation until he got in the streets. As long as he stayed in the church. But when he got in the streets, Civil rights came in, and thank God that he did. Paid for it with his life, yeah. yeah he did. What a great thing he did. You know, innocent people are going to die. That's what wars are. You should hate wars. They're terrible. But sometimes that's all it takes. And one day, God Almighty going to take this bird-brained Lucifer who is Satan, and take him out. Because you can't save the devil. You see, so I pray for Israel. And I pray for the, I don't want that to happen. You think I wanted World War I to happen? I wasn't even born. World War II, I wasn't born. I was born uh, July the 9th, 1949. Now, the Korean War, I remember, and, uh, but very little, you know, what I remember as a small boy. But I mean, I, do, does anybody want that? No. But somebody had to stop Hitler. Yeah. Now, we shouldn't be the police of the world, but we shouldn't leave hostages in Afghanistan neither. Yeah. And not worry about your money at all and leave over a billion dollars worth of equipment that you paid for with your taxes. When is somebody going to stand up and do something? See, that's what I'm talking about. So, Jonathan, I'm glad you're preaching all over. I didn't realize how many shuttles words are on the earth. There's a bunch of them out there, man. I just heard of Jonathan, you know, and then I heard about his uncle, Ted, I think it was. Then his daddy was Tiff. I said, how many they got? Oh, he said, there's more. <laughs> I said, good. I like them shuttles worth. You know. They shuttle, man. They shuttle from here. They shuttle from there. <laughs> and they make it worth it. Wow. Praise God. Did you enjoy it tonight? Give Jesus a hand clap for that.
in just a minute, we're going to receive an offering for this ministry. 100% of what you give tonight is going toward world evangelism. Not, not going to the, to the uh, expenses. I take care of all that myself. None of that. 100%. Let me tell you, the anointing of increase is on me. It's on me. You give me $1,000. What is today? Tuesday? I'll have 1,000 people saved by Friday. I do it all the time. From January the 20th to the end of September 2023, we've had over 61 million people contact us on social media. We're working 24-7 to do all that. And people are asking me to do this, and I, got, I don't have any time. I'm running, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll work. I enjoy the work, you know. People say, what do you do when you're so tired? Take a nap. I'm like a horse. I can sleep standing up on one leg, you know, because I've traveled most of my adult life. A man asked me that two days ago. Have you lived in New Orleans all your life? I said, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you know, you know. But every once in a while, me and Kathy get to go do something. It took us 53 years to celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary. She said, can you ever go anywhere without preaching? No, <laughs> I'm not, I, I cannot tell a lie. This glorious gospel. See, Matthew 24, 14 rings in my mind 24, 7. And this gospel shall be preached to the world. And the end shall come. So I'm going to ask you to give tonight. Do y'all have my offering envelope? Would you pass out those? This is a Jesse the Planets Ministry offering envelope. I'm going to ask you to take one if you don't mind and look at me. Don't give me anything that belongs to this wonderful church. Don't give me anything that belongs to Jonathan Shuttlesworth in this new church that's being established here. Or if you go to another church, look at me when I'm talking. I'm not trying to get something from your pastor. I don't do those things. But I've learned the anointing of increases on me. I've had some of the biggest ministers say, put your hands on my head. And I don't mean that pridefully. And everything I've ever put my faith on, I have received. Some it took a while, others it didn't. But that's all right, because I don't mix faith and time. I'm an eternal being. Christ sent me the hope of glory. This offering envelope will tell you how to give. If you're writing a check, well, I didn't know they had this. You can look up on the wall right there. You can give that way. Uh, if you want to give, go to a JDM website, you can do that. Hit the donate button. You can use PayPal if you like it. Whatever that is, I don't even know what that is, PayPal. You can text to give a one-time donation or a recurring gift, or you can go to our mobile apps and select the giving you want, or you can just write an old-fashioned check. 100% is going in evangelism. Ladies and gentlemen, look at me. I, I got money. Listen, look, look, I got money. Look, see, this is she money. She don't know I got it. See, a man got to do what a man got to do, praise God. But I don't care. I tell Kathy all the time, I said, man, you know, do whatever you want to do. We got married, boy, we didn't have nothing. Got rich quick. Then gave all our money away because we thought since we were saved, we had to be poor. Boy, they didn't want me, Jonathan. My hair was down here, you know. But they wanted that money. And I gave it, and I was so happy. I never read the Bible. We never thought, read the Bible like, eh. I never knew what tithe was. Kathy's the one who told me what that was. Went to a church. I remember the first time I heard it. The pastor got up and says, time to receive the morning tithe and offering. I thought he said tires because I saw a bus outside. 
I said, do they need some tithe? She said, no, tithe. I said, tithe? What is that? Is that in the Bible? And she turned over to Malachi. And I was raised with a bunch of Sicilians, Italians. I thought it was Malachi. And he read that, will a man rob God? I said to myself, not in my neighborhood. But boom, you pop that, put that in the ditch, son. You don't do that. And we've been tithing ever since. How many of you want hundredfold? Oh, yeah, be honest. Come on. You deserve it. If you don't need it, still believe for it and give it away. Let God do what he wants. I've asked the Lord for every dollar given in my ministry to give me a soul into the kingdom. I'm telling you, someone gave us $10,000 today in our ministry as I was walking. A boss, I said, whew, thought I could take off tomorrow. I got to get 10,000 people. And man, I did a bunch of television today. I did a Christmas show today. It's hard to act like Christmas in October. We ain't even got the Halloween, much less Christmas. Broadcast television. 2.3 billion people will watch us Sunday. 14 different languages. 422,000 partners. Bigger than most TV networks. I'm not bragging about that, please. People trust me. I will not break that trust. Jonathan, you have blessed, you and the Dallas have blessed us. I won't break that trust. I love being around Jonathan and the Dallas. I'll never forget the first time Jonathan called me. He said, Brother Jesse, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I said, How you doing, Jonathan? He said, Look, I'm in uh, uh, where in Arizona, uh, Scottsdale. He said, you want to go to lunch? You got a jet? I'm in New Orleans. Why don't you fly over and eat lunch with me? And me in Dallas and, and Camilla. And I thought, I'm in New Orleans. But he's right. I got a jet. So I said, Kathy, get in the jet. And we flew over to, and ate lunch with Jonathan in Dallas. How'd you like to do that? Now, this ain't your money. This is my money. I'm not spending your money. One time I wanted to eat at Papa Cedars. I said, get in that jet. We're going to Houston. That taco cost me $12,000. <laughs> I didn't care. It was good. Don't write me no ugly letter. I didn't use your money or the ministry's money. That's mine. I can spend my money the way I want. Can I? Or your money. Are you ready to give? Tell you one more story. Riley, I've been knowing Riley and his wife for a long time because, you know, Vic, the uh, Believers Conventions. Some man about two years ago come up to me and said, boy, my wife loves the way your wife dress. And he said something I never thought of. He said, boy, you dress your wife good. I've never dressed my wife good. I've tried to undress my wife good. But, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I ain't tried to dress her. Let me just say that. Don't look at me weird. Y'all don't think, I can't believe you said that. I'm 74. I can say anything I want. I'm old. <laughs> old people say, can't say old people talk like that, you know? So I, I, I said, he said, my wife just thinks your wife dressed so well. And her jewelry, oh God, it's so beautiful. I said, well, thank you. What else you going to say? I didn't know what else to say. He said, but just, I need to ask you something. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to. I said, I'll answer it if, if I can. He said, What's the most expensive thing you've ever given Kathy? I said, my name. <laughs> Kathy can spend everything I got. I don't have her name. 
Kathy can use my credit cards. I can't use hers because she's Mrs. Jessica Planet. Guess what? God gave us his name. We have his name and the power of eternity to use it. I want you to believe for the hundredfold holy offering of the Lord. Now, y'all know what that is, Riley, right? Hundredfold, not a hundred times. Look at me. Not a, not a hundred. That's mathematics. We're not dealing with mathematics. Hundredfold. Every time you fold something, it doubles. You, you got a handkerchief or something? Watch this. Just, oh, I didn't know what that was. I thought that was something else. I said, whoa. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. I wasn't going to put my hand on that. Praise the Lord. Okay, here it is. See, that's one fold. Now it doubled. Now it's four fold. Now it's eight fold. Keep going. Sixteen fold. Figure this big. You'll get to a point that in the Dallas Fort Worth area, if you just want to keep cash, like CDs and whatever you like, you know, you can only cover it up to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank. If you're married, 250 for you, 250 for your wife, and 250 for a joint account. After that, the FDIC will not cover it if the bank goes down. Thank you, Holy Ghost. If you believe what I'm saying, this anointing of increase is on me, you'll have to get out of Dallas and Fort Worth to go find banks to put your money in. Come on. If that's what you want to do. Or you can invest it in land, do whatever you want. Listen to me. Me and Kathy had to do that. And the way it's going, we're going to have to come to Wataga. <laughs> the way it's going, glory to God. Oh, you're offering up to the Lord. Oh, you believe in God, brother? Can I use your seed as a point of contact? Let me put my hand on it. Can you keep it there? Father, I decree this anointing of increase that's on. I release this anointing, Lord, into this man's seed and to everyone's seed here. God, people need help in this perilous time. Father, I ask you to bless them beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for the dollar giver, for the thousand, for the hundred thousand, for the 20 million. Thank you for the 75 million dollar buffer. Thank you for the 200 million dollar philanthropy. Thank you for the six billion dollar destiny, Lord. I ask that, Lord. I release that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Ushers, go ahead and receive tonight's offering. Now they're about ready to receive it. Just go ahead and place it. Gentlemen, when you finish with that, you can bring it to my pilots or somewhere back here. Uh, they'll take care of it. The IRS even likes me. They said he never touches the money. It's not mine. That's pretty simple to me, sir. Not mine. I'm not going to stick my hand in your pocket and try to get your money. I don't do those things. Well, I'm not going to do it with the government neither. Now, I have good tax attorneys. And I believe in that kind of stuff. What I'm saying is, that's their money, not mine. <laughs> I told the head of the Secret Service, you know, when the President of the United States flies to New Orleans, you know where he, he, you know where he parks Air Force One? By my plane, by my hangar. It's my section. And they get around it with M16s. You don't walk toward that plane, they'll shoot you down, son. So I told the head of the Secret Service, I said, listen, <laughs> I, I, I want to go in Air Force One. Oh, you can't do that. I said, but I paid for the plane. <laughs> he went, what? I said, my taxes paid for the plane, paying for your job too. All I want to see 
How about the bathroom? I'll look at the toilet, just anything. I love that plane. People say, oh, that's not true. Kathy got a picture in there. My plane and Air Force One, nose to nose. And you know what they told me? I've been asking for years. I had Clinton come. I've had uh, all of them. Biden, I, Biden was in my office not long ago. He don't remember, but he was. <laughs> Anger. Yeah. yeah. But I got, I got a phone call. They said, you know, we've checked the Reverend out. We'll see what we can work out next time the president comes. Oh, man. I, I just want to be in that place. Oh. I don't understand why you got to have a new plane. Air Force One's over 30 years old. A lot of people don't even know that. Let me tell you, it's not like a car. You, 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 on a plane, they got World War I planes flying. You're maintenance them. You, you don't say, well, I, I ain't going to change the brakes. Oh, no, you're going to change the brakes. Or you're not going to fly because you'll kill yourself and kill a bunch of other people. That's the difference between airplanes and cars. You know, you kind of choose the way you want how do you maintenance your car, but you're not going to choose the way you want how you maintenance an aircraft because they won't let you fly. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.